Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Marnie. Birthday boy, Mike and Deglio. <laughs> Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. The next voice you hear will be 40 years old. I'm so happy we're doing this on my actual birthday so it doesn't get too meta. And welcome to a very special birthday edition of the Out of Practice podcast, a weekly podcast in which we discuss David D. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are up to season five, episode nine, The Deal. And the deal is, it is Oops episode number 93, and it is somebody's birthday. Now, if you're watching on the YouTube, it might be a little hard to figure out which one of us is having a birthday. Yeah, talk about an Uh, Easter egg. And perhaps what age the birthday boy is turning, <laughs> but why don't we hear from our newly septi- uh, semi-octogenarian, Mike and Deglio. Uh, first of all, did you, do you have a second two shot or are we just going to roll with this the whole time? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good, man. So... You'll recall I mentioned, I think, last episode, my big plan was my buddy from growing up was going to come over and we were going to stay up all night and order a PlayStation 5. And it was going to be like hearkening back to our middle school days. Sure. So we came over, we drank like too many beers, and he left by 1230. Yeah. <laughs> because you're 40. <laughs> and I didn't secure a PlayStation 5. I then stayed up all night last night trying to get a PlayStation 5. Mind you, I can wait. I, I really I have a lot going on right now. I don't need to be playing PlayStation 5. There's no games for it right now. But right, I got to bug right. up my butt about it, and I started. And then I got up this morning too early on my own birthday and drove to Target to see if they had any at 8 o'clock did in the morning. Did you really? I did. And they were like, y'all, those guys were here at 3 a.m. waiting for those. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go back to bed now, <laughs> which is what I did. <laughs> uh, Jen made eggs. Uh and she bought me a massager, like, you know, like a deep tissue, like super gun. One oh, of these guys. Fun. Yeah. Without audio, this looks a little weirder. Um, well, we all know what you're going to use it for anyway, so. Are you joking? I'm 40 now. I put it on my back and I use it as a massager. Because <laughs> that's what's important. Um, and so it's been good. We're going to go see my family later. And it's uh, I'm happy to spend a portion of the day with you, my good friend. And, I, spoiler alert. Mm. Happy birthday also, who shares oh, yes. my exact birthday to founding sponsor Jennifer Massanova. Welcome to the party. You're a part of it. And uh, let's just pretend you're wearing this hat down here. Uh, yes, but, indeed. And- yes. Happy birthday to all of the uh, birthday people. So, uh, yeah. So we are just beginning the birthday 
celebration. Oh, I can't uh, wait. So, uh, now a couple of things. One, uh, we're going to hear from some of our some of our folks. Uh, yeah. Although well, I, I imagine they're going to be rolling in, so we might have some more birthday messages next week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's not let's not count on that. I and then the same. I have. I thought the same for you, and we never heard from him again. <laughs> but we also, uh, and then and then I, I have a little thing I built for you that we're all going to enjoy. Uh, but first off, let's hear from our good friend, Leanne Wrights. Leanne Hart wrote, Happy birthday, Mike, the thirstiest podcast weatherman on the net. <laughs> That's special. It's truly, truly a special designation, and I take that with the utmost honor that it bestows. Now, I would also like to get a list of the other thirsty podcast weathermen on the net that you that you beat. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. Leanne, let us know. I imagine that the list is long. Yes. We heard from our good friend Cody Y16, who says, happy birthday at Mike and Deglio, at Mikey Y I99. If you want to follow Mike mm-hmm. and Deglio on Instagram for his birthday, it's at a lot Mikey. of pictures of my cat. A lot of pictures of my cats. It, well, do you think people want pictures of you? Yeah, it's true. Follow me up. <laughs> and Crab James says, happy birthday, Mike. Crab now, James? Uh, we, now, uh, here's, here's a good one. So, of course, we heard from our good friend, Phoenix. Of course. Uh, and what he is going to be talking about here is, uh, unbeknownst to you, I'm assuming... Uh, I dropped a message into the last couple of episodes soliciting birthday messages from our folks with into a special the audio? into the audio, and I set up did. a special uh, Gmail account with <laughs> you. it's happy forty Mike at gmail dot com if you would like to contribute. Did so you really? Wrote, I did. <laughs> did it get Russian hacked yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, possibly. In in case Phoenix is also the Russian hacker. Oh my god. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. So uh so he says, so I heard the message you slipped into the podcast, and just to be care- extra careful, I had a bike courier drop off a thumb drive with my surprise <laughs> message in a tree in Central Park, <laughs> hidden inside a fake squirrel. But then you just announced that you were taking them right in front of him on the YouTubes. I did. So much for the subterfuge. <laughs> I love it when he also calls you out. It, it makes, it's double special I think, now. I think three quarters of what Phoenix does is call me out. <laughs> and I just if, sit idly by cackling. There's very clearly, if if there is a team Mike and a team Keith, we know where Phoenix is. <laughs> huh. What if I'm Phoenix Cage? Talk about the subterfuge oh, this whole God. time. That would be, well, uh, look out. Because you sent yourself, apparently, this message. Take a listen. Hello, all. Phoenix here. What a it persona this guy's got. It has been my pleasure <laughs> to get to know the man that we are honoring today. It's ASMR. Not only because he's a great podcast host and a comedian. Comedian? <laughs> but also Good because pitch. he is the person you want as your friend. And I know. Because I'm his mother. <laughs> well, let me tell you why you want Michael and Deglio as your friend. Oh, no. I hope he didn't Google me. If you say to him, hey, Mike, I want to do a podcast on a 20-year-old <laughs> TV show that has hundreds of episodes, including a spinoff, 
and it will take us years to finish, without ever even having seen it, he'll be right there with you. Nailed it. If you need a job, he will offer his recommendation and get you on a show. Unless it's one that he likes. He's protective about those. That's true. Nailed it. And Mike is such a good friend that if you think you're pregnant, but are too afraid to take the test, he'll take it for you. That's legitimately true. And if you break both your arms, <laughs> he will come over to your house and murder you. <laughs> that is the man we are honoring today. That is Mike Indeglio. <laughs> Happy 40th, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel mm-hmm. validated. That is, that is, can I, I don't know if I can turn my smile off to be like sincere for a minute. That actually, that was very special. <laughs> it, was it really very was. Special. It was, it, it's, it is very, very sweet and heartfelt Thanks, and well deserved. Before it's all, all over, right. I want to know your real name. I want to be able to say thank you to the real man, but I don't know that that's It's happening. your mother. Say hi. Say thanks Rita. to your mother. You said so. Thanks, Rita. Unless his name's really Phoenix Cage, in which case, that's awesome. Phoenix that's Cage a is a fucking name. great name. That's all true. Right. That's true. All right. Well, now it is time to uh, click over to the video I sent you. you, can, you oh, we're can, going to it already? Let's do it. Okay, roll that. Video. I could give you an erection from across the room. We both know that. That's you. Go That's ahead, you stand the over there. I'll prove it. Of course, you'd cut me. You'd slice me in. I'll be getting aroused right now. I am. <laughs> stand up, Kevin. That's not my name. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> hey. You're in your own episode of The Practice, Mike. Your greatest dream. Now you're going to make me cry. To be in an old episode of The Practice. (laughs) Now, is this too much? Are they going to, is YouTube going to flag us for this? That is a really good question. (laughs) Well, not if we keep talking over it, talking over it, talking over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pitch shift. Yeah, yeah, pitch shift. It's getting it. That still is a bold choice. We haven't discussed it's that you. since we started it's the podcast. Way! <laughs> wow, Keith, that the color grading is really well done. I just I just layered it over. It's all, it's all about layering. Hey. What's going on? Did you put me into an episode? What's wrong? At least references. It's Mike's birthday. What? <laughs> He's 40? Oh, Jill. She got roped into that. <laughs> she sure did. So that's when Rebecca passed the bar, but now it's been superseded no, she, They're celebrating my birthday. your birthday. Oh, poor Mike. Oh, you're having a nightmare. It's about George Vogelman. Poor Michael. <laughs> oh, this is a bad nightmare. How did you get that footage, sir? I'm Don't worry bad. about it. I could even dance. <laughs> Has it even dropped yet? Today. It's, oh, all, it's already Michael. been parody. Not as dead as you'd hoped for. I told you I love to simulate it. Ew. <gasps> <gasps> they dyed my hair so hard for that. 
<laughs> so glad. I hear it's Mike's birthday. Joey! I simply had to extend my good wishes. Whenever I hear of somebody getting stabbed, my head just goes to the... Hap, 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 happy place. So young. <laughs> anyway, I that hope you're feeling better. Never better, Joey. Kisses to Bobby. Oh, a hero collage? Oh, look at your first headshot. Oh, look, there's how skinny you skinny. are. I know. Look at that bellboy. You better sink on that Titanic. <laughs> we have a homoerotic scene with the captain. Is that the pilot? No, that's season two. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Happy birthday, Mike. It is the birthday boy. Birthday boys get cut into an episode of a 20-year-old show they didn't know existed until two years ago. I I think, for me, the final product is, is very Keith and just perfect. But for me, it's thinking of the creation of that and Mm. you having to gather all that material, make executive creative decisions. And at some point you had to ask your wife to come in and record a VO. And uh, she's like, so what is this for? And you're like, "Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. That that is a very frequent conversation in our house. And the good news is because we've been married for so long, she doesn't even want to know anymore. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, all right, just tell me what to say. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Oh, that's oh, funny. That was well, that's quite the celebration. I'm happy that uh, I'm happy to be a part of it. Yes, indeed. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> I should birthday. say now. Yes. I should say now. We uh, <clears throat> we uh, we kind of briefed over my feelings, and the truth is, is that I've been feeling kind of away because, you know, I don't feel any different. Like I said, I, I don't really. I feel pretty young at heart. We're both. I think that's because we're, we're 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 young, creative. Uh, young spirits, I guess. Old, old souls, young spirits, let's say that. And, but when you start to think about it, like, I've been feeling a little bit of a way because my family is very excited that I'm I'm close to home right now and mm-hmm. we can spend a lot of time together and a lot of, make a lot of memories and kind of I can now insert my, they, they're inserting me into their current life. But there's been no real acknowledgement or discussion about the 20-year journey where I was away and who I've become mm. and the places I've been and the people I've met and and how I'm a completely different human being now. And that's because I found, and, and my during my birthday today, I've been feeling a little melancholy, a little homesick, because the truth is, is when I moved away is when I became who I was. I met my tribe. I met my people, mm. people who have seen me at my absolute Lowest financially, moral, not morally, <laughs> financially. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess all of the above. Um, <laughs> when my spirit's been broken, when certain things, you know, when certain big goals we've had have come so close and then slipped mm. away, uh, you know, and and successes, sharing sure. those with those people, all all of the above, and you start to take take stock of the totality of your experience and your life, and as cheesy as this sounds. 
you know, it used to, a lot of the things that I've done and places I've been and people I've seen and met, I, I always respected and appreciated those people and times, but I never appreciated them, enjoyed them in the moment, a lot of, a lot of them, because you're always thinking about that pursuit you're in. Yeah. You've got those couple of key goals and that's where the focus is. This job is great. I've loved doing it, but how much closer I am I now to the big, the big time or the, right, the, right. the big, the catching the big fish. But these kind of keystone birthdays, when you can step back and, and think, hey, you know what? All of that was, is the goal. That was the stuff, mm. that experience. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I literally would not trade it for the world. Even doing this podcast with you, like, you know, having an hour a week to spend with a friend and committing to something and, and just creating anything has been pretty cool. And those tours we did as as F League as they were, you got to meet some of the best, my best friends, still my best friends, go to the these cities we would never go to. I mean, I was we would never go to these cities. And every once in a while have one of those shows one night where you're like, you moved people and it felt right. And or even, you know, on the flip too. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but it's your on birthday. the flip. Tangent away. Meeting somebody, meeting a Keith and doing a couple readings in his in his living room and then getting to see him go win awards in Korea for that same show. Or friends that we've we met on a bus making their Broadway bow. You know, like being a right. part of that. Some of us didn't get to certain levels, certain things didn't happen, but it turns out, and this is what you see with a lot of, you look back in history, especially in our business, like a lot of crops of people came up together. Yeah. It, it as, as competitive as this business has been, it's also been really, really a team effort. It's a community for real at all levels. And yeah. I don't know, I'm, I'm feeling very grateful today, which I think ultimately is is a good sign. I, I do feel proud of the person I am and who I've become. And uh, it's because of, of all of those people and experiences that we just were talking about. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really well said. I mean, I I was saying to Jillian the other day, uh, as actually as we were driving back from the, the RetroTech shoot, and it was like, you talk about the 20 years that you've spent you know, away from home and 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 working in this business with these people. I was like, look, I may not be as successful yet as I wanted to be, as that I still want to be. And I still have things that I've, I, there, there are still things that I wish I want, I, I like I want to accomplish. There are still things I wish I had accomplished by now that I have not yet. But when I look back, and it, I did the same thing on, you know, on my 40th birthday. Like, I look back at the 20 years that I've been trying to do this. I have, we have lived an incredibly interesting and unique life. And we have done so many cool things that we never imagined doing that most people don't get a chance to do. And, and yeah, okay, so... Like, I didn't get paid for that thing, and I don't think anybody's going to necessarily watch it or care of my world. But you know what? That was really freaking cool. And that was really that was a really cool experience that uh, I didn't anticipate. I didn't even try for it. It just sort of happened in my life. And isn't that 
awesome. Isn't it awesome to have that experience and to meet these new people, like you said? And you, you know, I, all the pictures that I posted of of you and throughout your career are just stuff that I happened to have on my hard drive. And the the totality of all of the experiences that you've had, the things that you have done in this business and in the last twenty years, is amazing. If you actually wrote down. All the things you did, all the concerts, the readings, the shows, the tours, the you're on a boat on the other side of the planet. You're singing a song on center stage in some town you've never even heard of. You've got hundreds and thousands and thousands of people have watched you do what you care about the most. And, you know, and finding ways to be creative every day, finding something new to work on something to create something to write something to adapt i mean you you use the word gratitude and i think that is i think it's very important like you know i i i know i'd speak for myself but i know i speak for you too that to be able to have lived this life even you know wishing we had other things that we had done like it is such an amazing ridiculous privilege to live this life and to have chosen this and to have cobbled together 20 years doing this. Like so few people are able to even attempt this. Yeah. And, and we just happen to be lucky in the way that our life was structured to be able to, to do that. And that, that wasn't anything we did. That was just a roll of the dice circumstance. We, we, we were, we were born where we were born with the people that we were, that were our parents. So we were able to do that. And it is such a privilege. And I, I look back, um, not to minimize the work that went into it either though. I mean, no, no, it's a like tremendous I said, there's some struggle, some struggle and times where we had to persevere and times when we wouldn't have persevered had not it been for the, 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 the community we created. No, absolutely. And, and it is a tremendous sacrifice. And that's actually, that's what I was <laughs> trying to say when I was talking to Jillian, it was like, look, <clears throat> In order to have this life, you have to sacrifice another life. Another well, maybe life. Two other with, lives. Yeah. yeah, a couple other, you know, it, it's like the other life that I could have had with more security, with more money, with more children. Children, with, you know, you're you're sort of choosing a life of most of the time poverty, a life of all of the time insecurity. And and a, a a life that you never know what the next month is going to be, the next year is going to be. Um, but that's that's the sacrifice you make for the privilege of having all of the you know just the ten photos I came up of you doing crazy fun shit all over the world. How cool is that? Yeah. How cool is that? And and that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Pun intended. Titanic. I think moving forward too, like one of my goals moving forward, and I know you share this uh, Achilles heel, so I'll I'll speak for both of us, is to to not to going forward is to to stop minimizing that work, mm. uh, regardless, you know, yeah. because a lot of times we look at an achievement or a piece of content or a creative outlet in comparison or weighted against what we're striving for, and so right. we end up. I, I usually call it. Um, Oh my god, I, I, my brain escapes me. Self, um, when you put your own shit down. Oh, uh, oh, that's a really good word for this. If we yeah, were smarter, but we we'd use be all able, the time. We'd remember the word. 
Self-deprecation. Self-deprecation. And uh, to sort of like, even today, like about that that web series that you quoted there, it launches today and people are writing me or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, like it's a YouTube thing. Like don't, and that is stupid. Like I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. It yeah. is what it is. And I chose to be part of it. I'm a part of it for better, for worse, and everything in and between it and, and deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, many. So who, send me. Tell thoughts. me where to send my bill for uh, for online therapy, YouTube therapy. We should start. We, why do you guys sponsor us? We should be sponsoring you for listening to us therapize. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like, what, what do you charge? You know, humble listener to right. listen to us talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. You know what? What we can do is we can listen to what they have to say in a segment we call. Okay, well, we are back into the world of the practice, and yes, we have let's. people with thoughts about it. So, last episode, of course, was Mr. Hinks Comes to Town, which goes is, to of town. course, goes to town. A very famous episode. People had lots of feelings about it. Uh, the uh, the Padincino, Paddy, Paddy Nicino, Paddy Nico. Unclear. Says, Sorry, Patty. Michael, I know. Michael Emerson was amazing in this role. I will never forget it. Crab James says, what puppy? Which you're not going to understand yet, but it's coming. And <clears throat> we also heard from our good friend Phoenix, of course, who said, I finally got one of Keith's obscure visual references. As as soon as I saw it, too. Uh, as soon as I saw it, too. He got the Dharma Initiative logo that was on last week's two shot. Michael Emerson was absolutely fantastic as Ben Linus. He was one of the best characters on Lost. I would say, nay, best character on Lost. He also says, Mike, do not let Keith guilt you into continuing to do a segment such as the weather. Back in time, true crime is far superior to 20 year old weather. And FYI, any new segment is superior to 20-year-old sports. Wow. Now, wow. Going yes, in now, for it. Now, as a psychologist, Phoenix, you should already know that every time you knock sports ball, I make it bigger and grander and guaranteed to stay all the way through the final oh, wow. season. Does that mean I'm so, beginning a different sports ball that takes up more of the screen? <laughs> Just like, you didn't think my head was obscured enough already. Exploding sports balls everywhere. But if you also thought that that was the last thing we would hear from Phoenix today, you were sorely mistaken. Because we he had some more comments and more thoughts. Okay. About- hey, guys. It's Phoenix. Listen, we got to talk about episode 508, Mr. Hinks Goes to Town. I was a little surprised. What? More music. Your ratings. Especially the suggestion that this is the best episode of the whole series because I had an issue with the writing. Oh. The idea that he was pretending to be crazy was right there the whole time. It was suggested by multiple people. So it would be too predictable for that to be the twist at the end. So to balance it out, 
they had to go so far in the other direction of selling Hinks as a wannabe killer that they couldn't completely turn it back around and still make it believable. Okay, Here's tell me what more. I'm talking about after the ninth killing, is this the police a half an hour Hinks long in a nearby yeah. basement? And searching his apartment, they would find evidence of him being very interested in the case, but not evidence of him being the killer. There were no trophies. So their case entirely rested upon his confession. This whole Inception gambit was way more of a long shot than just fighting the circumstantial evidence. I mean... What are the odds that he could actually keep firing lawyers and have them all continue to keep convincing him to plead not guilty? As soon as he ran into one that didn't have the time for this bullshit, they'd just say, okay, fine, you win, you're crazy. And it would be over for him. He turned this game into a complex chess match when all he had to do was win at checkers. Okay. Yeah, but he didn't want so, to. He didn't want to go free. That, I mean, he wanted to go free ultimately. He did. I mean, i i would I would say to this that his whole point was to win at chess and not checkers. That is part of the narcissistic personality disorder. I say as a as a trained psychotherapist, Phoenix. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, but like for him, he didn't want to win at checkers. He wanted to go through this whole dance because chances are, you know, I think you could argue that maybe he planned the whole thing from the very beginning, like, because he didn't just get caught by accident. Maybe he was caught on purpose so he could do this whole dance, much like, uh, just much like Joey does. All right. Anyway, he continues. I think that big plot hole was actually easy to miss because of Emerson's performance. He really sold it. That's fair. Even when the twist was right in front of you the whole time, he kept you trying to guess what kind of crazy he actually was. And that's why I'm giving this episode 8.5 spare tires. Not that much now, of an objection. what I think would make this better is if the serial killer strikes again, but it's not Hinks. Ooh. Okay. Here's my conspiracy theory. Did we just open a it hatch never of like a spaceship? He really just wanted people to <laughs> think it was him, yet not get convicted. And that's why in the end, he was thrilled that Lindsay was suddenly convinced it was. So he played along. He wasn't a killer, even a wannabe killer. He just wanted people to be scared of him. That's his adrenaline rush. And what he never had to reveal was that he had exculpatory evidence in his back pocket the whole time, just in case he got convicted. That way, he could both have his freedom and the image of being a serial killer. Now, just imagine the follow-up episode where the killer strikes again, the police are looking at Hinks, and he goes to our team of lawyers to help them catch the real killer. Not just to stay out of prison, but also because he knows yeah, we moved into fan that he is the next target. Wow. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I would definitely watch that subplot. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should just forget my what does Mike think is going to happen and just beam in what does Phoenix, Phoenix thinks, should happen. thinks is going to happen in his <laughs> alternate timeline.
No, what I, does Phoenix think should happen? Yeah, I guess you know both he and I are both. We I said I put it in the in the context of the, them having the having to have the least uh, <laughs> Lindsay's Words. friend, Lindsay's friend, the the therapist. Be so convinced as to convince Lindsay that was sort of the red herring used to kind of kind of cover up some of the uh, some of the I don't want to call it a plot hole, but the well, I, I lack think of origin is, story. But but uh, Phoenix well, I, does I think a good job. Phoenix's point is that he could have gotten himself off a lot easier than he did. But I think that's sort of the whole point that he didn't didn't want to get off easy. He wanted. He wanted to get off hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I'd like I, I like I said, I still have only watched it that one time. If I was to rewatch, what I'd want to see is: is there any a time? Is there ever a time where he, Mister Hanks, is actually sweating it, where he thinks, "Oh, right. my plan might not work," because that plays into like Joey Herrick never for a minute ever thought it wasn't going to work out his way, right? Which makes right. him the kind of the mastermind. Um, yeah, Mister Hanks, it's unclear, but. Uh, I have a suspicion we will see him in a follow-up episode, p- potentially today, uh, if they previously on has anything to say about it. So um, we'll see. Well, let's hope so. All right. It is now time, <clears throat> well past time, to hop back into the time machine to December 10th, the year 2000, and ask the eternal question, what was happening? This day in the basement. December 10th, Keith, not to get too down into the the dregs here, but um, this is where my dad uh, ends up crawling onto a roof and he gets a cut on his finger. He's diabetic uh, and it gets septic and he ends up in the hospital and then he's not getting any better. He's not getting better. They're running it. They're running tests. And the thing with diabetics you always hear is it's the diabetes that ends up killing them, but it's not the diabetes. And it just leads to these other complications. And my dad had kind of lulled us into this uh, false sense of security because he was like a, a superhero. He had had uh, cancer of the tongue from smoking, and they they cut out a po- huge portion of his tongue, uh, which actually he kind of learned to talk around it. And uh, he had had a quadruple bypass and heart disease. He had had uh, part of his foot taken off, like just a lot of shit that he kind of overcame. And so this didn't seem like it was that big a deal when it first started, but then it starts to snowball and uh, his kidneys fail and he was on dialysis and my brother and I were bringing him back and forth from dialysis. And <clears throat> at one of those one of those appointments at some point along the, the time frame, he broke his wrist and so he was in this like nursing home type recuperative care facility, which wasn't the greatest. I, I, it just, you know, they're just, those places are sad to me. I'd also started to kind of go into a little bit of a depression. And so I remember it maybe being a little sadder than it was, but it was Christmas time. And so I remember it being really sort of decorated and the the juxtaposition of like festive Christmas decorations and your dad being sick and you kind of dealing with his mortality because it's mm. whilst trying to deny all of it and being in kind of a and uh, so I remember that pretty vividly, and and this will be the last Christmas I spend with him, and it does suck that it was kind of in a place like that. And outside of that, I don't remember much. Now it's starting to get really kind of foggy as to yeah. the next period of time, up until I move next in the next year, and then nine eleven. Oh, we got a we got a good two thousand one coming up. So Whew. yeah, yeah, well, I yeah, it's that's tough, and I I think this is something. 
that it, it's extra tough to have happened around the holidays when, yeah. you know, we, we have, I think we've talked about this before, but the sort of like external pressure to be happy during the holidays when in a lot of ways, the holidays are a symbol of sadness for a lot of people because I think probably disproportionately people have traumatic events on the holidays. And, yeah, everything's you know, heightened around then, so things can be more traumatic. Everything's heightened. Yeah. You have families coming back together. You know, maybe that's the only time they're all together in a room. Uh, you know, it's probably had a had a, a cocktail or two, and things can go pretty haywire. And so I I I certainly have that experience in my life. And oof, that's tough. That's that's tough. I'm uh, yeah. I'm 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 sorry to be revisiting <laughs> this portion of your life. Yeah, uh, it's it's important. Little... It's also it's also for me. It's to get back into the whole meta game here. You know, my dad was at that time 55, 56, mm-hmm. 55, 56 years old. Uh, you know, and, and he didn't he hadn't quit yet. He still thought he was gonna get better from this. And and to think here, I sit at forty, and I'm like, man, that's that's fifteen years from now. So take care of yourself. Like I got it. You got to learn from it, right? Like he worked yep. himself to the bone, and he didn't take care of himself physically in a lot of ways. And and part the whole thing about being a parent, right, is that you want your kids to be better off than you were. And so I have to respect his where he came up short in certain ways to my benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So that I can and make it kind of worth it. I'm now I don't want to I used to live my life a lot more uh beholden to that. Like I've got to make his sacrifices worth it. I gotta make him proud. Like I I don't do that anymore because it's a fool's errand. Um, but uh, I still want to respect what I'm saying is I should go to the doctor. I haven't been to the doctor in like almost eight years. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you're talking about the lifestyle that we chose. It doesn't come with health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. No, no. I, I, Yeah, I, I totally get that. But, you know, look, you, you have made a lot of different, healthier decisions. So... It seems very unlikely that the same something might go calamitously wrong, but it's probably not going to be the same thing. So, well, if it does, let's all come back to this podcast and blame Keith <laughs> for jinxing the shit out of it. <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> what about yeah, I, you? Let's talk well, about you. I, Who I'm, are you I'm visiting sitting, in a nursing home, Keith? I'm sitting here very much regretting that we didn't get that monologue with the confetti and the birthday hat on your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, me too. Me too, because that would come back and be in a clip show somewhere. That would be absolutely worth it. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, my... Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't doing anything quite so dramatic. I was... Merely uh, finishing up or study studying. I was not studying for the midterm exams coming up uh, at the end of December because we're about to start the uh, the holiday break and head back to Vermont. But yeah, no, I was uh, I was definitely not studying for anything. It's do we have any it, do we have any new uh, breakups coming up? Because I do love a Keith breakup. They're always good stories. Oh, no, no. I You're not going to get a breakup until the end of senior year. Oh. Although, yeah, no, I, I stayed with my college girlfriend for all three years that we uh, 
we knew each other in college. She was a year younger than I was. So, but I, the whole time, although it definitely did get good and messy because we uh, basically broke up and then continued living together for the last yeah. like four months of our lease. Mm-hmm. So I've that was, whew, that was fun, but we're not there yet. We are still uh, <clears throat> chugging along in our miserable college experiences. All right. Finally, guys, you have been with us for a very long time so Mm -hmm. far, and we haven't even begun to talk about the episode, and we're still not going to because we're going to... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcast's This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Well, like I said, we're talking about December 10th, the year 2000. The number one hit continued to be Independent Woman by Destiny's Child. The top movie continued to be How the Grinch Stole Christmas in its fourth week of domination. Now, if you're starting to feel... Like this, our election that we're going through now is taking forever, although it has been over for a long time. Just somebody doesn't think he's done. Uh, If you go back 20 years ago, on December 10th, a full month from today in proportion to the election, the Supreme Court halts the recount. So we are just still finishing up the 2000 election where the Supreme Court really stepped in and stole the election from Al Gore. I'm sorry, are we talking about something? I was uh, living in my world. Yes. There. Enjoy that acapella version of Independent <sighs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, every time you start thinking, oh my God, the, the, the government's shutting down and everything, they're coming to get us. Let's remember, we've been here before. Uh, just so happens that this time we're going to be on the right side, we, which is nice. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. Yeah, although uh, to uh, to Gore's eternal credit, uh, you know what, what happened? That even though the Supreme Court sort of shittily stole it from him, you know what he did? He conceded. Yeah, and he went on to be uh, like a world-leading activist, so. He sure did. As did Herbert Walker Bush, as did uh, pretty much, oh, actually, you know what? Every single president. Yeah, hundreds of years. Uh, like all, all of them. I don't have to like name them because they all did. All right. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. Ball. The New York football giants stomped the Steelers 30 to 10 at Giant Stadium, pushing the record to an impressive 10 and 4. Kerry Collins threw 333 yards and a touchdown to a money tumor and Ike Hilliard. Dickie Barber punched in another touchdown to finish off Cordell Stewart's black and gold. Meanwhile, Philadelphia football Eagles were also flying high, beating the Browns 35 to 24 and improving to 10 and 5 on the season. The Giants and Eagles would head into week 16, only separated by half a game for the division lead. Nicely done. Ah, I got it. I got it done that time. You really, you really came through. I sure did. So, uh, so is this the point where for your birthday and because Phoenix called me shitty, I am not going to play. You know, I actually, I actually made one this week, but because Phoenix was so compelling in his arguments, I'm going to, I'm going to skip it. Oh, so, oh, so Phoenix, you just killed a segment. But yeah. Who's but, the who's the bully now? Yeah, no, but uh, he didn't kill it. He just like made like Bobby, and he took it and left its rotting corpse on a church uh, stoop. 
I know. I was going to edit that into your birthday video. But oh, that's my, still my favorite. It's still my, I think if we had to go down our list of like most batshit mm-hmm. things that have happened, that's still on the list. And that, there's been quite a few. Bobby McRambo, I still put that above it. Like he, Bobby just like let them put this dead baby that they killed on the church parking lot and was like, okay, that, that does it. Hey, what else are you going to do, you know? I mean, Helen did tacitly murder some people, so. Or not even tacitly, just explicitly. Oh, all right. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Does it? I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Okay, this episode is season five, episode nine, entitled The Deal. It was written, of course, by David E. Kelly and Peter Blake, who last wrote on Brothers Keepers. It is directed by Daniel Adias, who last directed all the way back in Burden of Proof. Mm. Which brings us to our final segment before we do the episode, entitled... What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Remember when you used to make me do this live? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Mm. That's a, a good question, Jimmy. I mean, you know, we've never actually gotten to it. No. No, we, we never really have. So, the deal. I've got a, a hat down here, which initially, at first blush, makes me think... Uh, Carmen Sandiego is going to appear somewhere in the episode. Ooh, that'd be fun. But my guess is that that's not going to happen, even though we have been listening to some Rockapella. Do it, Rockapella. A lot of references. If you're not old like me, you probably didn't get there. Well, actually, you know what? Be- before you get into it, that reminds me. Uh, I-, I never found him. But uh, in last episode, there is credited from... Uh, Hold on, I have his I have his name here because it's in my notes from last week. <clears throat> Credited last week was Joe Howard back as an extra as a despairing relative who previously was a father in a day in the life, also as an extra. But Joe Howard is a well-respected actor because he plays Officer George Frankly in MathNet. Love MathNet. We've talked about your buddy in was in Square it. Square One. That's right. The opposite opposite Tony. Square so, One. Bum, bum, Square bum, one. You can, so, they don't rerun those anywhere. They were a PBS show and you'd think you'd be able to find them. Maybe YouTube? You would think. Yeah, they've got to be somewhere. Anyway, so it got me thinking uh, about, you know, kids TV, Carmen Sandiego. Loved it. Loved that show. It was on after MathNet came on because I know because I missed MathNet all the time because my guitar lesson was on Friday. So, you know, like in this later seasons of MathNet, they would have like serial episodes up till Friday where they would solve the case finally. Right, sure. And I always had my guitar lesson then, so I missed it. And we didn't have DVR Uh, back in those days. So I don't know the resolution to any of these cases. I'd love to go and watch. But followed by that, well, yeah, while while we would eat dinner then after my lesson, uh, Carmen San Diego would be on. I loved that show. Okay. Has nothing to do with what we're talking about. No, nothing at all. um, The previously on this week reminds me that two gems are back. One a little more shiny than the other. We've got uh, Mr. Hinks seems to probably return in this episode as it talks Mm -hmm. about, it really recapped last week's episode. And 
I was so certain that Bruce Davidson had been put to bed, but I guess he's back. <laughs> so the episode, the deal, and it's the year of, it's the season of big swing. So I'm going to say we meet both of our returning guests, Bruce Davidson and Mr. Hinks once again. Mm-hmm. However, it's because of this. Bruce Davidson, who we've been convinced is innocent, murders somebody else. And because now there's no double jeopardy with uh, Mr. Hinks, they call on Mr. Hinks as a serial killer mind to help them. They make a deal with him to since they helped him, now he has to help them crack the case of Bruce Davidson's second murder. Wow. Okay. And I one like of them it. is wearing a hat. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, if you have suffered through all of this, it is time to hop over to your favorite podcasting service of choice and listen to us, listen to The Deal. We'll be back with the oopsies. Season five, episode nine, The Deal. What's, What's the, the deal? deal with What's the deal? What's the concern? Well, if you plan to take a full maternity, which you know I'm required by law, not only to support, but applaud, I'd just like to- Well, it's Lindsay? Probably, yes, which means if you also plan to, I gotta think about hiring. No, we ordered two inch. Okay, well, I'm measuring that. Does he hire Spader, and, and that's how we get so. into this mess? Ooh. Francis Lapino. I gotta see Bobby. Okay, one sec. It's urgent. Of course it is. Guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guy, it was an urgent need to see Bobby. I'm not going on a limb here, but I'm guessing he's an old friend. Yes. In, I didn't even hear that. So weird to cut, cut out. Anyway, this is Dayton Kelly. If you are a TV watcher, you already know who this is because he plays Charlie Utter on Deadwood. He is also in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, Sons of Anarchy, Fear of the Walking Dead, Volcano, Tuong Fu, Thanks for Everything, and was a breakdancer in a movie called Preppies in 1984, which looks like a cheap ripoff of Porky's or Revenge of the Nerds. I gotta see Bobby. It's Tuong important. Tuong Fu is such a good movie. I've never seen it. Patrick Swayze. Oh, so many good performances. Cops came to my house. And yesterday, uh, there was this car. It uh, was following me. I think I'm taking a surveillance. Okay, look. It's not okay. I need your advice, counselor. You know, uh, you've been watching the news? The, The kidnapping, that little girl? The angle girl? Trevor Angle's kid, the ransom? That little girl? We haven't had a ransom. No. I know something about it. Shit. What do you know? Old friend. I know where she is. Oh, shit. Yo, Bobby McRambo, it's time. Where? Locked up. He's very casual about this. Is she alive? Kidnapping thing. Yeah. Should be. It's never a good answer to that question. Okay. Is she at a church? Look, I I can go to the FBI. You won't have to contact them yourself. You keep my name out of it, right? I can't promise that. No, you promised that. Francis, you can't blow in here telling me this and start tearing into me. You got that? It's at this time where a wise, aged Mike Indeglio 
Mm. Looks Bobby deepened his eyes. Those and asks piercing a question, blue eyes. Asks a question that we should have asked a long time ago. Bobby, you think maybe it's time to get some new friends? <laughs> you Your know, circle's like, not great. Yeah, like join a chess club or like a, you know, go to, go to Jimmy to one of his conservative meetings, conservative value meetings. Great. Something. Go to CPAC. We overlooked, we should, we should note for those who just listen to us ramble and don't watch the actual episode, Bobby was given the hard eye roll when he said to Eleanor, oh, I'm supposed to applaud your... Uh, well, I was going to mention that, but yeah, like, what? what is that? Are we, are, is Bobby shitty about maternity leave? I mean, what he does heck? have to hire, no, no doubt, but like, didn't they win a bunch of multi-million dollar settlements? Like, can't six, six weeks they're off for pregnancy? It seems like that he could, is the least he could do. Well, it's the 90s. Like, uh, maternity maternity leave is still socially acceptable to be against oh, okay. for some yeah, reason. Yeah. I have to remember that. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, well, at least we didn't have to listen to Jimmy's point of view on that. Oh, yeah, right. Just thinking, maybe don't have a, you know, Jimmy. Uh, where were we? Oh, yes, yes. Somebody kidnapped somebody, and it's Bobby's buddy. Well, not necessarily he did the kidnapping. We don't know. What if I bring you to where she is? Let you take over from there. Well, how about the police on that one? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that seems like a. I, I mean, to be fair to Bobby here, I think it's possible that this isn't Bobby's old friend; it's an old client. Okay. All right. This guy seems like he he might have been uh, in need of an attorney or two throughout his career. But. Bobby was lead counsel on the Bruce Davidson thing, so if he's supposed to be in this episode due to the previously on, which they shared, how does that tie into kidnapping? It's a really good question. If only there was 40 minutes of television to fill in the- Explain the rest of it? Hey, you didn't make the cut in the credits this time. Well, you know, they they reserved that spot for uh, Pip's Week. You got cut out of this episode, so it's too bad. I'll cut you back in. Sure, who would love that? You can't go with him. I know, but this is a little kid. What am I supposed to do? This is not what lawyers do. Best case, you're a witness against your own client. Was, Worst case, the cops see you two together. Was Eugene in on the baby? They arrest the you baby? on conspiracy. Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah. she could be Bobby. alive. Eugene, will you slap his he ass? He won't tell you where she is. I've been grilling him for ten minutes. He doesn't want to give anything up. You know, Francis, he has to be in control. If he won't cooperate with you, you can withdraw. Let the cops handle it. That's not going to help that girl. And what are you doing? What the hell is that? Oh no! Mirandize him. Francis Lupino, you're under arrest for the kidnapping of Alyssa. Let's go. There he is. They stole my spot in the credits. Son of a bitch. You have no right to harbor a kidnapper. Don't lecture me. Just give me ten minutes to talk to him. Talk to him at the arraignment. Richard, let's go. Don't Richard say anything, Bay. Francis. I'll meet you at the courthouse. Do not say a word. Bobby. Scott, can I see oh. you? Oh, he's here. Come runneth over. fired me. What? Who? Harry Duvall. Bobby, they'll arraign him as soon as he gets there. Scott, can we talk later? No, no, I've been there for 18 years. Hold on now, a I'm second. Not... I want you to talk to Bruce Davidson. I have a... Wait, hold on. I have a... Conspiracy. At this point... I feel like Bruce Davidson, this episode is about the fact that Bruce Davidson kidnapped somebody close to David E. Kelly to make him, to force himself into every other episode (laughs) this entire season. Yeah, it's, hold on, this is episode nine, so eight of nine episodes he's been in. Yeah, and 
only two of them were really necessary. Well, here we are. Here we go he's, again. He's kidnapped. He's uh, the kidnapper. Dear Mike from two weeks ago, when you said finally we reached the ultimate conclusion of Bruce Davidson, uh, you're you're wrong. You're wrong. And wrong. Keith, as a friend, as a friend, wrong. I'm angry that you didn't give me the heads up. But as a host of a podcast where the whole conceit is I don't know what's happening, uh, I, I commend you. I, I would like to say that it is because of my uh, integrity for our podcast, but I just didn't remember. <laughs> we'll be right with you. That tracks. Eleanor, Jimmy, deal with Scott, whatever he needs. Ready? Let's go. Lindsay, are you here for William Hanks? He's on two. Oh, Woo! shit. I'm not here. Yeah. I'm in Mexico I'm for sorry, a while. I'm sorry, she's not available. Um, can I ever get back to you? No, I'm not sure when she's going to return, but you know the best thing for you to do would be to leave your number and I'll have a call you back. I'd like to point out that the creepiest thing in this scene is not William Hanks calling. It's all of the weird, creepy Christmas dolls that Lucy has put behind her desk. Oh, you should be married to my wife, Keith. Well, you shouldn't actually be. Don't they have to have claws? She's into weird. We have some weird Santas, man. For God's sake. I mean, I wasn't even afforded due process. (laughs) That entire paragraph is weird. (laughs) Evidently, but they're like sheep. I mean, Harry calls all the plays. And the reason they gave you? It's not working out. After 18 years, that's all they gave me. It's not working out. Okay, look, without you know, having... a lot, uh, Multiple people in the series have been fired from their jobs after being acquitted of murder. And I have to say, we talked about this before. Like, sometimes don't you just, like, you take the W, and then you take the small L, and you go on with your business. Well, I I understand why it's unfair, and I understand why this would be happening, but like, we we did this episode already. Right. This is why my conspiracy theory holds. He was like, I saw an episode where a guy came back after having been uh, acquitted. Give me the episode or I kill your dog. Read your All partnership right. agreement. If it's anything like a law firm agreement, partners pretty much have blanket discretion. If they don't like you, they- No, no, no. Now this just- Scott. Miss Frutt. Now let's face it, no other brokerage firm is ever going to hire me to the outside world. I am a murderer with a good lawyer. I need to keep my job here. Then let us try to meet with Mr. Duval and his attorney and see if we can work something out. Fine. Commonwealth versus Francis Lapino. Bobby Donald, for the defendant, Your Honor, waive reading, plead not guilty. Richard Bay, for the Commonwealth, opposed bail, asked for a finding of dangerousness. On what basis? This was a heinous crime, Your Honor. Three did they days follow ago, him to Bobby's the office? They must have been tailing him. They did, yeah. Been holding her for ransom. She may still be alive. I'd ask the court to inquire as to what evidence Mr. Bay has to justify arresting my client in the first place. The defendant is a career criminal. He's spent 15 years in prison. Old news. His van matches one that was seen speeding away from the Galleria parking lot just after Alessa Engel was kidnapped. A security video camera puts the defendant at the mall 10 minutes before the girl was taken. Your Honor, I understand the gravity of the charges, but the Commonwealth has no case against my client. The van could match thousands. Shopping in a mall is not a crime, and my client's priors are inadmissible at trial. I've missed Bobby. This is pretty thin, Mr. Bay. 
It's Gibby Brand. I'll make a uh, preliminary finding of probable cause. Magoo? He's held without bail Judge pending Magoo? a dangerousness hearing three that's days from now. Down. Next case. I hope that that's accurate. Reach <laughs> downstairs in a half hour. Is the Ingle girl still alive? No, 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 Mrs. Angle. Please, Mr. Donald, please just look at this. Mrs. Angle, I'm truly sorry about your daughter. holding up a picture of her Alessa. kidnapped daughter. That's her name. I understand how you're feeling. Bobby, let's go. She, she's in the second grade. She's in a school play today, but they had to cancel it because she's not there, Mr. Donald. Please, if you know where she is. Hillary, what are you doing? We made this costume last week. We sewed it together. Please, Mr. Donald, if you know where she is. All right. Grieving mother! Lady, you finally got me interested! Well, let me tell you what's interesting about the gr- grieving mother. This is, I, I was so excited when I found this. She is an occasional actress, but what she is now is a Emmy-winning Emmy writer and producer. And I think she is responsible for I don't I know that she is responsible for writing what I consider possibly the greatest episode of television ever produced. Any guesses as to what that would be? A season even, finale of something. Uh yeah, well, it was almost. It is the episode Ozymandias ah, of Breaking yeah. Bad, which Quite possibly, I th- I think was the best episode of the series. That was either the penultimate episode or maybe like a few before, right? Yeah, it was like one or two before. It's where he finally like has the breakdown with the family and the fa- and they fight and then they- it's it's an unbelievable episode. And Ozymandias is a callback, is a call to Watchmen, right? I think so. Yeah, but she wrote she oh, wrote cool. that episode and is the series creator of uh, Annie with an E and Flesh and Bone and was a writer and producer on Breaking Bad. So, so that one little interaction there. person. <clears throat> that one little action there, little interaction there, clues me in as to where I think we might be going. And those are the stakes I'd like to see, right? They've, they've had Bobby face a couple of stakes, right? We've had a couple of ep- uh, episodes where the the child or the victim was already dead and Bobby had to deal with the fallout or how to proceed with that information. Now here, right. it, appara- it appears that a life hangs in the balance. And Bobby right. is on, is on the quote-unquote wrong clock. side of that, right? Ticking clock, and he's the one. Now, I've said this word wrong so many times. Uh-oh, come on, wait. Oh, we're not on the YouTube right now, Jen. Oh, no. This, it'll be there for oh! next time. <clears throat> oh, my God. How cool. All right, well, people, you're going to have to see the oopsies portion of this show to know what my wife has done. Yeah, tell her I'm excited. <clears throat> Keith's excited. Um, did you bring coffee back? That's really the important question. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you. Um, what was I you saying? You just asked oh, our CEO for coffee. Yeah, well, it's a weird business we run here. What is this? A muffin? Apple cider donuts? 12 of them? What? A whole Where's bag of apple cider, cider donuts. Oh, this you know, that is both- so unfair. That should be against the rules. You're not allowed to have delicious things on the other side of Zoom. And you're not Who? even in Astoria. I can't run. We just talked about my health and going to the doctor. And Jen just dropped off a bag of 12 donuts <laughs> and walked out. <laughs> oh, she's like, here, eat those and die, you fat asshole. <laughs> Happy birthday. 
Um, wow. So wow. yes, what I was saying was Bobby, sorry, uh, the wheels are off the birthday train. Bobby has to, he's the one obfuscating, 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 obfuscating the, yes, thank you, obfuscating the truth here, or maybe not the truth, the information that could, could help. We know that that guy knows where she's at. Right. At least he says he does. Yeah, it would seem that he does, yes. So I'm interested, but now these donuts have diverted said interest. Hmm. Oh, of course. Lindsay's freaked out every time the Who's phone rings Who's got your now. private line? Bobby? Why aren't you answering it? Because... Hi. Hi. Oh, fuck. Who is this? It's William. Are you available now? Well, actually, I... How did he get what that is this about? line? I've been thinking about the verdict. I've decided I want to appeal. You were acquitted, William. Yes. I'd like that overturned. Well, See? I don't handle See? acquittal appeals, so you'll have to get another... His objective here to get himself back into the mess, to appeal the verdict and be guilty again, I think lends credence to my theory that he doesn't want to win checkers. He wants to play chess forever and forever and forever, that it's all part of it. So I don't think it's a plot hole. That Can you appeal? The defense attorney can't appeal it. No, you can't appeal. A, an, the defense attorney can't appeal an innocent verdict. I do not believe so, no. And, I, and I think, actually, in terms of double jeopardy, you can't. But is this more about just now He's just making, fucking stalking around. Lindsay? Yeah. Although, once again, I have to say, if Lindsay truly believed that, there's no reason she wouldn't have a conversation with Bobby and they wouldn't have some sort of security happening for at least a couple months afterwards. A gazillion times, yes. But, you know, just like the answer to okay. Penis's very plausible that theory is, it's TV. Yeah. Where are you going? To see Jeannie. I mean, this is just getting... A little out of control. Ah! Oh! Great reaction. He's there He's behind the door. What do you want? I have some probate work, and you're my attorney. I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I don't do probate. What are you saying? Our relationship is in jeopardy unless I commit a crime? Yo, he's awesome. <laughs> I mean, can he just come on as a regular cast member? I could have found her. He's on the borderline of Hannibal Lecter. I could have found Lecter, the girl. Though. Even the line readings are very Hannibal. Alessa. No, you couldn't. Totally. I could have gotten him to take me to her. In which case, you'd be locked down with Francis right now. She's alive. Your only obligation is to Francis. How could you look at it that way? We have to look at it that way. And I don't need to tell you that. Oh, Did you question him? He lawyered up immediately. And the Smith Richard? is back. Maybe because you arrested him in his lawyer's office? It was an emergency. He ran in there. We figured he must have made his tail. What about his house? We're getting a warrant. We'll be searching it by the end of business. We better get her back alive. That's all I can say, Richard. Bobby Donald will be here in five minutes. Did you watch the West Wing thing yet? No, I really should. On, minutes buddy. to work out a plea. If she's dead... I'm not ready for a good cry stop yet. Stop the threats and offer some tactical advice. 
I'm I'm super psyched about the West Wing again because now that like in my opinion we have we're going to have a functional government somewhat functional government again <clears throat> or at least one person in that building will respect the office they hold at least one yeah it's a low benchmark <laughs> oh, that makes me yeah. uh that makes me able to palette um uh oh my god what's his name optimism again yeah what's his Martin name Martin Sheen no the writer Oh, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. I can I can palette him again. I could I haven't been able to watch the Chicago movie, the Chicago Five, because uh, I just I wasn't I couldn't handle us too much Sorkin right now. It was too pri- <laughs> too too hopeful. So too uh, sad. Yeah, uh, but now I, now it's perfect time for some Sorkin. You want to help me here? Give me Helen Gamble. I don't want Helen. She's the best She's back DA from her we movie. have for negotiating with the She's the only team. other DA you have. Setting aside office politics <laughs> or recognizing your politics are best served by getting that girl back alive. Give me Helen Gamble. Why do they speak first and last name all the time? It's a small office. Well, Mike and Deglio, <laughs> not everyone watches every week. Your claim is that the discharge was unlawful? You're talking to We're a mic, so I've always been Mike and Deglio everywhere I go, because there's always Our six hope mics. is that we can work something out. <laughs> That's true. Or in Deglio. Scott's position was... You should be happy to know that Degs has followed me to every other walk of my life. Has it really? Yeah, people are like, do you have a nickname? I was like, actually, yeah, my buddy calls me Degs. And so... Oh, my God. Yeah, that's my oh, nickname in most other dick, circles. I, I'm like... I accidentally became like that asshole who just gives nicknames to everybody. What's up, chief? I at hate that one, asshole. At one yet, point... Here I am. I do it too. Actually, I usually just do colors. I'll be like, yo, green shirt. And then that's <laughs> that's all it sinks in. Um, <laughs> uh, at, there was one D-bag, a good buddy of mine, but D-bag, he used to call me Schmegs, and I was so worried that would catch. So I'm glad to not have that anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's better than I, I got called Queef all, all through middle school. <laughs> Is this triggering? I'm sorry. <laughs> Keith then goes on to tell a 20-minute tale of like how he was bullied and it was really triggering and Mike's just pissing himself in the background. <laughs> what oh, kind of friend me, is Mike and Diglio? That was the least of my problems at that point. Although this is, this is my promise to you. Birthday video 41, Keith, next season. Yeah. Queef is coming in. And he was even Great. before the death of his wife. He was told that. Yes. We don't I need. Thought you were my friend. I hit a button. Yes. Oh God. Finally, well, you know what? While I you're uh, playing around with that, I will introduce. The guy who works at the firm who fired him that he doesn't like anymore. Queef. Yes, indeed. So the guy that fired our good friend Bruce Davidson is Harry Duvall, played by Robin Thomas. Who was last seen as Robert Adler Yay! in Reasonable Doubts? He was the guy in the season two, episode one, Bobby's girlfriend who murdered her neighbor. He played the murder victim, the neighbor, and he gets this. We're not supposed to notice that. But you, you queefed on the show before. Now you get twist the residuals. Queefing at your door. door. You queefed your demise. Queefy, queef, queef, queefy, 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 queef
Please. <laughs> no. Because of the way the audio works, I couldn't quite hear what you were saying, but I'm assuming you were just saying queef over and over and over again to the theme of the song. Uh, you, you know me so well. You're going to watch, you're gonna have to watch that one back because I really gave it everything I had. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we're never going to be done. Wait, so your who's, the guy, who, who's the guy? Birth, uh, Robin Thomas. Okay. Not Rob Thomas. No, Robin. Okay. Discharge at the moment. Our hope is that we can work something out. Look, Scott's position was tenuous even before the death of his wife. He was told that. Yes. Finally, now I've got the chance to improve on my job performance, and I am being denied that chance. Scott, I'm your friend. No, you're not, Harry. Okay, we don't I need... I thought you were my friend, but as soon as I was arrested, I became a pariah, and you were the first one to presume my guilt. That isn't true. All right. This is not a forum to discuss your friendship. Miss Fred, we are a financial brokerage house. We are in the business of soliciting investors to put huge sums of monies, not to mention their confidence in our hands. That becomes enormously difficult when you're saddled with the perception that one of the partners may or may not be a murderer. I was acquitted. You were found not guilty, which is hardly proof of innocence. The thing is, Mr. Duval, fairness has to come into play here. I'm aware of that. And if he is innocent, I, I can't even fathom how unfair this has been to him. I, but how fair is it to everybody else at the firm to have to suffer? Couldn't you wait and see, Harry? I mean, for God's sake, why let the facts interfere with your judgment? All right, Scott, please. Look. It would be extremely difficult for Scott to find other employment at the moment. It would be a lot easier if he could look while he was still working at the... I can't do that. Three months. I'm sorry. The other partners want him gone. Now, you want me gone. Scott? Certainly 18 years has to be worth a little compassion. I'll offer him compassion, but not a position. Lindsay, he's harmless. It's a tough position for everybody to be in. Don't tell me he's harmless, Jeannie. I mean, you don't... Rebecca Kreskoff is back and as a therapist. And she ain't got two shits to give with, to clearly, to Lindsay's credible concern here. Yeah, where's the security guard? Nope. She's like, I don't he worry about it. He already showed up. Okay, look. I'm telling you this as part of his legal team. Privilege applies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're telling me what? William admitted to me and Jimmy that he totally played you. He knew he had to insist on being guilty for you to be convinced he was delusional. He played me, too. He knew I'd revoke the insanity plea. He played both of us. The guy did it, Janie. Lindsay, balloons are attacking he me. wants you to think that. <laughs> This man will go to his grave trying to convince people he's the killer. No, Jeannie, Christmas I've treated make this man very a long time. I heard what he told me. Lindsay, the man did not kill anybody. Jeannie, he did. Yeah, Can Jeannie. <laughs> Damn it, William, you they scared me. They love that Mr. comedy Hames, beat. They use it all leave. the time, and I just, I find Fine. it not successful. By the way, is there a decent... We want you to legitimately fear for Lindsay, but every time he walks in the room, we're going to do a jump scare, like, comedy beat. It doesn't work for me. Right. Yeah, agreed. Park near here to walk a dog. 
You don't have a dog by any chance, do you? That's how he picked up all his Get victims. Get out, Lindsay. Hey, if you want to treat him, fine. But I am not his lawyer anymore, and I want him out. I'm going to spend this second in the middle of this scene to speak as a wise, aged Mike and Deglio to mm, mm. Lindsay Dole and tell Lindsay that she needs to get some new friends. Much like Bobby, maybe they should join uh, some sort of a social club and just get a whole new crop of folks because you pick losers who have no judgment and apparently are bad at their job. And if when they're not actively murdering people or uh, crushing bugs and or... Yeah, being uh, a pervert. Right. All of the all of the above. Out of here. What's going? Killing babies. You know. William. Jimmy, hi. Lindsay won't take my business and I could just kill myself. Or others. If you don't leave this office right now, I will call the police. I've already called them. What are you gonna tell them? Thank you, Lucy, for being Man's a just sane charged person. in and tried to hire you? Hey, sicko. Pick a fingernail. Oh, shit. Now, Lucy, let's not 702 Commercial Avenue, apartment 13A. You really should try to buy, you know? You're throwing oh, money shit. away by renting. Sir, <laughs> we represented you. We got you acquitted. Our business with you is over. You will leave now, or I will physically remove you. Yeah, Jimmy. Gee, you look like you've been working out, too. Want to try me, Bill? <laughs> God, he's so good. You know what, Jimmy? You were sort of a dick to Eleanor the other day, but today you, you, you did good by yourself. Good to have you around. He gives her up. She's unharmed. Thank God one of the men in the firm, though, had to stand up and, and be the aggressor there. I mean, because those poor damsels could not protect themselves. Especially not Eleanor, who's a foot taller than both Jimmy and Michael Emerson. We could like throw Maybe they thought the Jimmy needed a win. Maybe before I scream. Uh, recommendation of 10 to 15. He's not going to accept that. If you push it, he might. He won't. Bobby. Look, this guy didn't just fall off a truck. He knows your case is lousy. He knows the parents are putting the screws on you. You're going to have to offer straight kidnapping three to five. Five to seven. But she's got to be completely unharmed. I can take that to him. Come on, Bobby. We could sue, but it's our feeling we wouldn't win. We probably couldn't even survive a motion to dismiss. We could go back into Judge Hiller and ask for an adjudication that you're innocent. Innocent as opposed to simply not guilty. Did they do that? in extremely rare circumstances. Our thinking is if we could lift this cloud of suspicion off you, yes, 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 that's what I want to do, absolutely. I'm not confident we'll now, be- Let's just do it, Eleanor. Now, she was at the trial, she heard the evidence, she knows. Um, okay. Let's do it. This just in, I don't like this guy. <laughs> Five to seven years, you'll be up for parole after four. This is a good deal. He's going to say no. Five to seven him. I can deal with. Oh. Great. Now we got to move. If you tell me where she tell is. Them, I'll take the five to seven, but uh, 
That's if they find her dead or alive. Oh, shit. What? What nothing, you heard me. They're not gonna give you five years if you killed Alessa. I didn't kill anybody. Then what the hell is going on in your head? Figure it out. You lock up a seven-year-old girl alone for three days, who the hell knows what happens? If she's dead, I didn't do it. Yeah, that... that it's so not, not a question exactly I've ever had to really think about. Confess and throw myself the wall Figure it out, it's quite the easy. The rest of my life. You lock up a seven-year-old girl at three o'clock on a train moving 45 miles per hour <laughs> east-west, and you don't feed her... The guy who's feeding her is coming in on a trolley going 64 miles per hour east-north. That's not a thing, but I, I say it that way because I have this accent. Otherwise, you'd say Northeast. Regardless, she's diabetic. On top of that, she's vegan. So, how many ounces of vegan tofu you got to feed her for two days straight at four o'clock for her not to die? Figure it out. I think that's going to be my new ringtone. <laughs> Leave a message. Beep. <laughs> Now, well, there's a chance I might be able to skate on this. Look, I don't know what you did, but if I tell this to the DA, they're going to think you murdered her. Hey, this is their problem. It's your problem. Bring it to bay. Francis. Go. I love Bring when this guy's slicking his hair down. He is just he is just holding on to his last shreds of, uh, is that a comb over or a comb up? Comb atop? Guard. Holding on to the last shred. Remind uh, you of two other people? <laughs> we, are ve- we are virile. I got so much hair, I don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> you got a job because you got too much back hair. Yeah, yeah, shave it or you stick it on my head. You know, nobody asks yeah. any questions. Except for why yeah, does it look yeah. like you have pubic hair all over your forehead. <laughs> Joel, this is her husband. Well, I've definitely got the wrong number then. And you are? Yo, that's Mr. Hanks. Don't you Mr. ever Hanks fucking you, disrespect sir. Mr. Hanks. Yeah. I guess it's safe to say that little girl is lost. Oh. <laughs> I'd go to the police. But he didn't really threaten me. He said I could just kill myself or other. But they weren't lost, right? They were in like purgatory or something, wasn't? Or did I, is that just like you got to watch the show, man? Like it, it's a everybody mess, talks about it, but it's, it's a it's, very it's well done, compelling mess. It's Lindelof, though, right? Yes. And I like. Uh, I've, I think I've said on this show, uh, The Leftovers is my favorite show. Season yeah, I, I, two and three of The Leftovers is, I think, the best written television. It's definitely, it's very watchable. Oh, whoa, yo, stop the presses. It's very well, watchable. Look, it, it's one of those things where each individual episode is great. All of the episodes add up to garbage, but each of them separately is very good. It's worth it. So, Julian, how did your first date with that guy Keith go? I mean, what do you what do you think about him? Well, he's I mean, I don't throw up when I look at him, so I mean, it's very watchable. There's <laughs> looking right at you. But even if we could make an assault charge on that, I mean, what would they really do to him? They might not give him bail. What about telling the police what he told us? Privilege. If we think he's about to commit bodily harm. But we've got no grounds on that, Jimmy. He said he's got my address. Thanks for antagonizing him, by the way. You should talk to Helen Lindsay. Ethically Says the most antagonistic person in the with office. Ethics. Jimmy was looking out for talk everybody. To Helen. Yeah, talk to Helen. She Definitely needs to be in the seven if she's dead. I know what serious? it sounds like. Just give him a counteroffer. 
Say voluntary. He serves 20 if she's dead. You have to give him something, otherwise he'll just go to trial and the girl will die. She's dead already. Richard, that's not what this means. He murdered her. He killed her days ago. This this whole negotiation, it's been a ruse. We don't know he that, though. He knew we were onto him. He wants to get out in five for murder, so he pretends she's alive, so you have something to bargain. Shouldn't the FBI already be super involved in this and they, they can do whatever the fuck they want? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Why isn't the FBI running this? That's a really good Wait. point. We don't know that. Well, that's what it looks like. Were you in on this? I wasn't in on like anything. Like these four guys. He's just playing Three hardball. guys and Helen. Get out of my office. <laughs> Wait a second. This should not be the most. is over. No, it isn't. Should not have the most information. Positions yeah. here, but if that girl is alive, just the possibility that she's alive, however technically unethical it may be, we got to get on the same side here. He's not going to give. Well, then you'll make him give, Bobby, and don't tell me you can't. Nobody is better at this than you. You, Helen. You're better. Bobby? Suck it. Bobby, baby. Baby, Bobby. Give me some lines. Bobby, Bobby. bad cop. Don't fall for it. But she's right, Eugene. We have to be on the same side a little here. No, we do not. Now put that girl out of your mind. Think about your client or get off this case. doesn't feel like it. Eugene, you got kids, man. And your kid's bad. Well, he's bad. right as a lawyer, wrong yeah. as a dad. I need something to take back to him. There's no deal if the girl is dead. Period. Then we're done. We've had so many episodes of them cutting some deal to screw over the, like, you know, being, being underhanded. We can't come up with a collaborative screw job for this guy. Right, the screw's on client. He's done that. It's not unprecedented. Maybe not, but on what basis do I declare him innocent? Well, I would What's start that, with Linda, the huh? fact that he's presumed innocent until proven guilty, and he was never proved to be... If you want a ruling that I presume him innocent, I'll give it to you. But for me to make a finding of innocence... Your I... Honor, he's losing his job. He's reapplying for a mortgage. The bank wants nothing to do with him. His neighbors are trying to bring a nuisance action against him. I'm sure life is being very unfair to him. Why don't you sue the police for arresting him to begin with? Well, I don't think that would fly. Of course it wouldn't, because there is evidence against Mr. Wallace. They were heard fighting. She had a, a whack on the back of the head. For all I know, he could have killed her. He didn't. <clears throat> Maybe not. But I am certainly not prepared to make a finding of innocence. Did you really think I would? Did he say anything else? My address. The tenor was a threat, Helen. I, mean, I know it would be tough to make, but he's scaring the hell out of me. What do you want me to do? Arrest him. I'm scared the hell out of him. Lindsay, your husband already has me scrambling over this kidnapping. The guy's a psycho. I mean, they, everyone is very nonplussed by this situation. Yeah, they're all, like, I would be much, much more freaked out. I mean, to be fair, they're going to the DA and asking for help. It's not like they're not doing anything. Yeah. But especially considering... Realize. Just scare him, Helen. All of their history. Please. All of them have been attacked by a serial killer before. Yeah, Lindsay was almost Where dead. Where is she now? She yeah. and Lucy went to speak with Helen. 
Exactly what did he say? Well, it was very Helen vague. shot him. I'm not sure Helen will actually be able to do oh, right. anything, but I would change your locks. Oh, the, oh, well, Rebecca. Oh, hey. Speaking of changing locks, nobody knocks. Never nobody a knocks. knock. Nary a knock on this show. Never. Do you know where this she is? Tim is? Glenn. This is the dad now? You know I yeah. can't talk to you. Do you know where my daughter is? Is she dead? I don't know. Okay. How can you two just sit back, sir? You've got to be a little human. She's seven years old. Mr. Angle. Bobby. Eugene. Are you willing to help me get her back? What kind of question is that? With more public Bobby's pressure got a, he's got a, to he's got a, deal, a, they might make a deal some sort of a plan here. And you could help generate that pressure. What the hell is this? A press release from me and the Angle parents. Noon tomorrow, we'll hold a joint press conference saying that my client has information on the kidnapping. We'll blame your office and you personally for scuttling the only chance to save Alessa by not making a deal with him. Your client supports you on this. He told me to do whatever it takes to make a deal. Your gun is pointed at your own head, Mr. Donnell. If you do this, you'll be admitting to every potential juror in Massachusetts that your client is the kidnapper. I've never heard of anything so stupid, not to mention unethical. They'll take away your bar card. I'll make sure. Fair point. Do what Fair you point. have to do. She's already dead. This is just a bunch of black marks on white paper. You could be right. You could be wrong. A lot of assumptions going on here. Glad I don't have to make that guess. Well, we'll give you two hours. Sure to do. We searched his house. Came up empty. What about his van? The interior was washed and vacuumed. Shows he was trying to destroy evidence. Trying? He succeeded. We don't know that yet. Fiber, hair, DNA, anything to time to the girl? As of now, no. We have nothing. Kate, we're one day into the case. We might lose the bail hearing, in which case he goes free. Sign this plea agreement and fax it to Bobby Donnell immediately. We're negotiating with these terrorists? Sign it, Richard. Well, so that it worked. I will not. What? No, it didn't. Richard, you son of a bitch. <clears throat> She's signing it on his behalf. Fax this to Bobby Donnell and get that girl back. It's not right! Take it to 11! We're gonna take one shot with Duvall. Come on, Bruce, get it. He agreed to a meeting without his lawyer. He's not going to change his mind. Why would he? Well, when he said you two were friends, are you two friends? Yeah, we had lunch together every day. Our wives were even close. And, he... and then after they all pulled away, everybody... I mean, they still think I'm... And doesn't it mean anything? For God's sake, a jury... 
Here's all the evidence, and they found me not guilty. I mean, doesn't that mean anything? Unfortunately, no. Police make a mistake, and I am discriminated against now because of that mistake, and you're telling me that there is no existing legal remedy that I just have to eat the bigotry, I have to accept it and say that's life. Well, I will not let that be my life! Dude, yeah, it sucks, but it is what it is. Let us take one last shot with Mr. Duval. He's gonna be here tonight at eight. I mean, if he didn't kill his wife, like, he's really getting He's scared. in there? He went in 20 minutes ago. Oh, SWAT team. Shall into the SWAT home. team with Ray Abruzzo. Don't even knock. Maybe it's truly Bobby McKellen. Helen McGramba. Helen McGramba. Bobby McKellen feels like a weird sandwich where it's the meat inside, but then like Bobby's the bun and Helen's the lower bun, and inside is like the meat. <laughs> Comedian? <laughs> I'm calling it now that Tom Brady is 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 Tom Brady eating eating a Helen McRam a, a Bobby McHelen sandwich. Because I want to see what you create for that. On the ground! Get on the ground! So Mr. Hanks is getting fucked up by the FBI or the SWAT. Mr. Hanks, you are under arrest for criminal assault. You have the right to remain silent. I didn't do anything. Yeah, you did, Mr. Hanks. A threat constitutes an assault. Ooh. For example, Loophole. if I were to say to you, if you ever go near Lindsay Dole again, I will find a way to have you accidentally shot and killed by a police officer. Something like that. that you mean something you've actually literally done so before? Wow. Wow. That is like a full-on confession. It sure I, is. I consider that a confession that she murdered Tuco. Yeah, and David E. Kelly was like, you know what? Zip, flop, oh my God. Helen is exact. We're not retconning that. Helen is exactly what she is. I would never say that. Get him out of here. Uh, unfortunately, she feels a little overconfident for, to have bested a criminal mastermind. Mr. Hanks ain't done. No. He's going to kill somebody's dog. Interesting. Good fade to commercial, though. There. I want you there, Bobby. If I can make it, I will. Oh, yeah, all these other lawyers. Keith, I, if he's in another episode, I'm going to be pissed. God, I, I can't I take any more of this. I want you, damn it. You don't seem to be doing too well. Are you still taking the medication? You want to give me my life back in a pill? I'll swallow it. Scott, are you taking your medication? Yes, but this is rough. I didn't expect them to welcome me back. I'm not naive, but... Remember how you spoke to Grant to Fiji? <laughs> well, maybe you should go for a couple of weeks. Get some rest. We gotta fly. I will do my absolute best to make the meeting. But you're in great hands with Eleanor and Jimmy.
The judge is waiting. Uh, we go right in, get the plea entered, and then you reveal the location of the girl. He doesn't know where she's at. They tossed my house yesterday. You hear? Yeah. They didn't find anything. Nothing. You signed the plea? Listen, I'm uh, suddenly thinking that uh, I'm going to trial. I'm not pleading. What? You said it yourself. They got no case. Whoa, 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 Francis. There's no statute of limitations on murder. They have your whole life to make the case. They ain't gonna make. I got a feeling. You trusted me on three trials. Trust me here. This is the best deal we'll ever get. We. Oui. You're gonna do the time with me, counselor? It's a good point. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Listen. Forget all that. This is a little girl's life. Francis, you're not a murderer. I know you. Yeah, how do you know him? Did we oh, we don't know girl. for sure. You ever see her house off of Brattle? Oh, she was your gym like castle. She's this little princess. She's had seven good years. What the fuck? That's better than I ever had. Ooh. No deal. He seems like a great guy, Bobby. You You're should definitely hang die. out more. I said no deal. But if you're expecting him to pick up any tabs, I'm going to go with no. No. Tell the DA. Go. It's a great performance. I don't know. I guess so we'll just evil. go tell him. So how's it? Go so if he's so hard off, how's he south. paying Bobby? See if they can improve the offer. There's no way they're going to take the shot. I don't know if what are you going to necessarily th say he's poor. I'm going to take another shot with Francis. Good. Then we can compare cement walls. Hurry. Ooh, it's what a speed dial. Rebecca. Yeah. Call me back in 30 seconds on my cell. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And get me a bag of apple cider donuts and eat what three now? of them. Eugene is telling them. But Francis, I just want to make sure you understand. They could hit you with life on the kidnapping alone. I understand that. At some point, this girl is going to be found. Don't be so sure. Hello. The old call me on my cell phone trick. Where'd they say? All right, all right, I'll tell them. Oh, Bobby. That was Bay. You said you vacuumed your van. Yeah, what's uh... Passenger compartment or just the back? She wasn't in the passenger compartment. They say they found a long blonde hair off the driver's seat. A lion. They're giving us 10 minutes from right now to take the deal. I vacuumed Shit. it myself, Francis. This changes things. This is you got to run the odds again. I say malpractice. We yes. close the deal while it's still. Welcome on the table. back, malpractice tonight. <laughs> he asked whether she had a dog. That's how he met all his victims, walking dogs. He said he would kill himself 
or others. He stared at Lucy Hatcher and uttered her address. None of this rises to the level of assault. Your Honor, given the history of this man, this that looks familiar irrelevant. too. We can only look at these it's specific facts. Jerome act. Butler, who is primarily a dialect coach. Huh. Yeah, he's the gazillion uh, credits as a dialect coach. And uttering an address doesn't in any way. The court would like to hear from Lindsay Dole or Miss Hatcher. This is not an evidentiary hearing, but I suppose the court could also direct questions to Jeannie Reynolds, Mr. Hink's treating psychologist. She is of the continued opinion that this is a harmless man who just wants people to think he's a killer. Lindsay Dole is in fear for her life, the Commonwealth believes, with good reason. All right, look. I don't see how I can bind him over on the facts alleged here. Here's what I'm going to do. The criminal complaint is dismissed. I am issuing a restraining order requiring Mr. Hinks not to contact, follow, or approach Ms. Dole and Ms. Hatcher and to stay at all times at least 1,000 feet from them, their homes, and their offices. You understand that, Mr. Hinks? No going near these women. But I'm free to visit Ms. Gamble? <laughs> I am now adding Ms. Gamble to the list. You are to stay away from her as well. And me. We are adjourned. He's always doubling down. I love it. I guess this is officially goodbye then. His therapist was excluded from said list. Yeah, no, he can visit her. Oh, oh, an action shot. Bobby McGrambo music. Action movie music. Composer's like, yes, I get to do a Tom Cruise movie for like 30 seconds. They're obviously searching for the girl. Stay back. Stay back with me. Stay back. Please, God, let her be alive. No court cases this episode. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, we do little motions. Oh, they're blowing the door. This, that was okay. We could have used a little bit more budget on that. Also, maybe not necessary to blow up the door of the thing that a little girl is in. Oh, and they brought the parents with them. I lied to him. Sorry. I told him they found a hair of hers in his car. Eugene's gonna be pissed. That's how I got him to take the deal. I love that Eugene's always in Bobby's confessional, right? Like when they when they left, this was the same shot they used when they left that baby at the church. Yeah, it's the, it's the exact same shot. It's in the car at night. Eugene's giving him side eye. It's a good shot. I don't care, Eugene. I wasn't gonna let a little girl. It's time for you to get out of criminal law. Oh shit! Wait, is that foreshadowing? Okay. I don't know. Come on, James Spader. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna feel like. I don't know, guys. You're gonna have to convince me of the James Spader thing. Oh, the little girl. Man, she's she alive. Looked, oh, she looked pretty and good after four days. Traumatized little girl. Little girl who definitely had some calories to spare, I suppose. Guys. It's the year 2000. There's only one family you go to. You go to the Fanning family. Yes, that, uh, that little girl is Dakota Fanning from A War of the Worlds, 
Coraline, I Am Sam, Man on Fire, Ocean's 8, The Twilight Saga, Charlotte's Web, and Secret Life of Bees. She's the movie star on the show. She has no lines. This isn't just my decision. Oh, don't tell me that, Harry. They follow you. They took their cue and you pulled away. No, no. I'm not getting into that again. Oh, what? That's an inconvenience to have that discussion? Okay, Scott, cut it out. <sighs> All right, look, what we're asking, forget about making him a partner. Just let him trade. Let's... It's not that simple. Why can't it be? Miss Front, the employees don't want him around. Not as a partner, not as a co-worker. They don't even want him in the building. What about you, Harry? Scott, that's the question. Doesn't our friendship even deserve an honest response? I think you murdered your wife, and I don't want you near me. I don't want you around either, Scott. You're not the same person that I used to be friends with. And whether you killed Karen or not, you're just not the same man I used to know. I'm going to tell you something now. When all of this happened, I needed my friends more than ever. I needed you, Harry. And to see you pull away, to see you recoil, the idea that you and I were once friends, that it was... uh, like repugnant to you. You think you're the same person? You need to move on with your life, Scott. My life has been taken from me. Scott, Scott, what the hell? He's got a gun. He's got a gun. Please. Just cry. Put the gun. Just shut up now. Your powers of persuasion. He's not going to kill himself, Keith. He's going to kill his friend. This is not the answer. How the hell do you know? You ever tried it? Last time you shot yourself, it didn't work out? Second okay. degree, right? Well, I guess, no, he brought the gun you with him, so that's job first degree. Fucking definitely. Scott, Scott, listen to me. If you kill because yourself... Because Bruce ain't done. He, he, Bruce is in the whole season. Karen. You ever think about that? People are going to say, see, he was nuts after all. He killed her. I mean, we could have a peaceful resolution, but we we found the girl alive, which means that we need we need to end the episode on like a grayer tone. Yeah, fair enough. We only get one Fenway Park wedding. <laughs> he killed himself. Is that the legacy that you really want to leave, Scott? What a good buddy, too. He talked him out of killing himself. No. Unfortunately, being a good buddy leads to Jerry. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's too perfect. Oh! Emptied the clip. You called it! You called he was going to kill somebody! That might have been the dumbest thing I've ever seen somebody do. Got him out of bullets. Oh shit, he just he said he was going to kill Jimmy. Oh, I'm you and now to come down, make statements. Okay. How you doing? There's a lot of bad juju in that office. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> a lot of bad things have happened there. I mean, it's, 
Lots of Christmas lights, it's very pretty, but somebody just got murdered. Yeah, I do. Well, they invested a lot of money into the office, but maybe it's time for a new spot. Let's go. Hmm. He's represented, Frank. Got it. Denny Crane. They got a full train set set up? Lucy was does not fuck Jesus, around. Jesus, Lucy, you got no work to do? Yeah. Wait, how do you know Denny Crane? You're not supposed because to know that yet. My mom used to watch uh uh Boston, Boston Legal. Boston Legal. Oh. And so oh. all I remember from it is they would my mom and grandfather would watch it and fucking howl every time he said it. Every time, Keith. <laughs> so what we might have to do when we get to that show is record my mom laughing at it, and then that's our bumper. Every time he says Denny Crane, we fucking play Rita laughing. Oh, that's a good idea. She could just join as a co-host. My, she can't turn on the goddamn faucet. <laughs> she, she, so while we're here, like, we don't want to buy a second car or whatever, and she's like, well, you could just use my car. I don't really want to drive. And I was like, all right, well, if whenever you need it, mom, like just tell me and I'll get it back to you, right? She lives like 40 minutes, so it's not too bad. So I drove home and lit Keith, literally the night I parked it in my driveway, she called me up. She's like, I need my car. <laughs> <laughs> Instantaneously. Oh, sorry, sad Bobby. I'm taking away from you. There's that you piano. Okay? I don't know. How could he was on the edge, Bobby? Should I? Should we have seen this coming? No, I mean, how could I? Probably. Anybody... Yeah, you could have listened to me 45 minutes ago. They set it up really hard. What's that? Oh, it's a gift. Keith, is it, a gift, is it a gift from Bruce saying thank you for everything you've done to help me? Really appreciate it. To really rub it in. Thanks for There's the health a bomb. insurance for Is it a bomb? Years. I'm triggered right now. To Lindsay with affection. Oh, shit. It's a Hanks. Hinks is a little bit the Riddler, too. He's giving me Riddler vibes. He's like the Joker and Riddler Is it together. another head in oh, the bag? Oh, it's a puppy! It's a puppy! Oh, shit. Oh, and it's cute. Oh, Hinks is trolling her ass hard. What are they going to do with the puppy? How long has that puppy just been in a box on Bobby's desk? Just silently. And how did he get it in there? But wait, I have, I, I totally forgot. I have something very important to point out. Okay. That when he shot his friend, when Bruce Davidson shot his friend, played by Robin Thomas, who is our returner, Robin Thomas is the first person to have the honor of being murdered on the practice twice. Double murdered Thomas? He has been murdered twice on the practice. Wow, that's smooth. Keith, did you catch that? I, I used smooth because it's a, a, a song that Rob Thomas reignited his career with Carlos Santana. And it was on, it oh. also played for about eight episodes on the practice, out of practice podcast as a song of that time period. So this was really deep cutting comedy. That was so deep that even, even I didn't get it. Mm, no. no shocker there. Anyway, uh, what also what also is not shocking is that we are going to proceed to the oopsie segment. So turn off, jump from, cl- click on whatever link I posted, and meet us back on the YouTube where we will discuss this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back, baby. And I got balloons. That was- yes, somehow your shot is even birthday-er than before. You would literally look like an explosion of birthday. (laughs) 
Speaking of explosions, we just uh, found ourselves in the midst of one, a murder explosion. A lot has happened. It's been very action-packed. As I just pointed out, if you were listening, we've had our first actor killed twice on the show. Yes. Very impressive. All right, it is time to have you tell us just what happened in a segment we call... Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Y'all, Bruce Davidson is pissed because he... Everybody thinks he's a murderer, and so they don't want to be around him. Too bad, but he kills the guy who who was used to be his friend and boss. Bobby saves a little girl by lying to his client. Should he have lied? Probably not. Eugene was pissed because he lied, but he saved a life, and he said, you better get out of this line of work. And Mr. Hinks is... Ow, ow, ow! by giving puppies to people that he's not allowed to see anymore because the judge says you have a restraining order. But that doesn't mean I can't give you a gift of a puppy that will lead me to make you think I'm going to kill you. All right. Yeah, well done. There's a lot going on there. Fair oh, enough. Yeah. Fair I enough. Like that'll, have to do, that'll do. All right. And you know what we do? Next, we hand out some fake awards in a segment we like to call... Ladies and gentlemen, out of practice podcast in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions proudly present Oopsie the Oopsies celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Oh, they're a fake award show we do every week. What's going on out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, so many. Everything just blew up. No, 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 it's bad. Where's, Where's your confetti? Where's your hat? Oh, oh, no, I thought the audio went to shit and it did. But, uh... Oh, we, oh, we can't, oh, because the two-shot is only for, is not for oopsies. That's right. That's right. But you know what? We can make an exception. <laughs> we got to get full birthday experience. All right. Anyway, as we're doing it, we begin with the... Most <sighs> Oh, man. There's an argument here. There's an argument here that Bobby is the most valuable lawyer because he he cut the deal that ultimately gets uh, he that little saved girl. a fanning. That's yeah, he true. saved a fanning. Uh, it's not particularly it it's breaks every ethical lawyer ethic. It sure does. So it's hard to award him to reward him for that. I guess the reward in itself is that there's a fanning who can go on now and become a movie star. That's right. That's right. Um, the dialect coach really just kind of did his ancillary duties and he existed yeah so i don't know that we can reward him for it um helen gamble though was able to argue a a pretty enough she went helen mcrambo she went helen mcrambo by both helping get the little girl and also getting the restraining orders, which was kind of the best she could do in Lindsay's current plight. So I think Helen for me. Okay, Helen Gamble. All right, well, I am going to go in yet another direction, as I am prone to do. Uh, I would go Bobby, but what he did was technically uh, huge malpractice. 
And uh, I, I can't go Bay because he w- would not participate in this. You can never go Helen, Bay to before. Helen basically committed a crime, but you know who was actually responsible for this deal going through and this girl getting saved? It is actually D.A. Kate Brunner, played by Anna DeVere Smith, who stepped up and was able to take the heat for forcing the deal forward, which, of course, protected our Fanning. So, congratulations, D.A. Kate Brunner and Helen Gamble on your most valuable lawyer. Here comes another interesting one. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Or first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Ooh, don't you play those donuts. Keith, I'm having too many of these donuts. Uh, and it's making me angry. <laughs> um, I'm taking that screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> this is 40. <laughs> Send this to me. Perfect. Um, um, you know what? You're all good. I don't give a shit. Um, should we give it to what's this bucket again? <laughs> Oh my God, we have gone so thoroughly off. We are watching you chew that donut in a way. We're going to have to put a warning on this episode. <laughs> this is going on. These fucking balloons, wrong. man. Um. <laughs> How about. It, it, it kind of looks like your birthday vomited on the screen. I mean, how do we not give it to, uh, to Ben again? To Emerson, to Michael Emerson? Yeah. I mean, he certainly, like, continued the creep factor. Well, we've also got the grieving parents, but they're not in enough of it to really warrant that. And we've got, welcome back, Bruce Davidson, who gave us a lot more Bruce Davidson. You know, you can wait 90 seconds, or at least wait till I'm the one talking. When you got a donut, who eats the fucking donut? <laughs> we are so thorough. You are going to regret that being on air. <laughs> the donut oh, wow. thing? Um, <sighs> no, I, I still think we give it to uh, to Ben. Uh, to Michael Emerson. Yeah, well, I'm torn between Michael Emerson, who, of course, continues his legendary Legendary. No, you know what? I take that back. Bruce Davidson, he had much more of a roller coaster to play this week, and I think that he 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 did well. Even though I'm just I just have some Bruce Davidson fatigue, but that doesn't take away from his work. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Uh it, you know, and I think I I mean I'll give it to Michael Emerson as as William Hinks any moment of any day, but I'm actually gonna go in another crazy direction. I'm gonna give it to Dayton Kelly as Francis Lupino. A I thought Lupino. he did a, I thought he did really well with that. I thought he was like like genuinely scary and very omin you know, like had a really good presence in such a an episode filled with scary people. He brought a different color to it and I thought he was he was very yeah, he powerful. could have he could have been really stock with that and he and he brought more to the table. So I, I think that's great. Okay. I, I'm I'm down with that. All right. So congratulations Bruce Davidson and 
Dalton Kelly. All right, next up. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. So we might diverge here, but I th- Bobby is great. Eugene is great. Jimmy's great. Everybody's great. But you know who really got me again this week is Ke- Kelly Williams. She didn't even have a lot of lines, but she's able to still play that fear, but with defiance, and she's looking for help from people, and she's trying to convince people. These are all very active-type uh, um motivations she has this episode and she just nails it when she's got a really clear and concise motivation you almost can't touch her her and Cameron are like that so uh I'm gonna go Kelly Williams back to back weeks yeah well fair enough I I think I'm gonna go with Dylan McDermott um I really liked he he had to show a lot of range in his sort of position there you know it's it's a lot of colors that we see from him the character is written frequently Keith, look, if I do this, it looks like I'm Bobby. Wondering what the hell's happening. Uh, you're having some balloon issues there. So, yeah. So, congratulations, Dylan McDermott and Kelly Williams on your best actor. Keith, you're not hearing me. Coming up next. Keith! Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Keith, are you just ignoring me? What are you doing over there? I can't I, I can't see through the look, confetti. See, look, on the two shot, you've got the suit. You've got like Bobby sitting, and if I go like this, it looks like I'm him. Oh, yeah. The very that's that's true. That's true. Well done. But your hat falls off though. Oh, yeah, which is really important, actually. Let's go with it. Um <laughs> Okay, uh Tom Brady Ward, we've already covered this. I want I want Tom Brady eating a Helen McBobby Sam Bobby McHelen sandwich. A Bobby McHelen sandwich. Okay, congratulations, Tom Brady eating a Bobby McHelen sandwich. That we are really down a rabbit hole. You know, four right. apple cider donuts is like two lines of Coke. It really is. I'm like flying we, right, right now. Like I'm crashing and you're punchy, and it's a really odd combination here. And now no, punchy is these goddamn balloons. <laughs> what is good? Uh, all right, we have only one more thing to do before you can go and run into your birthday adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Well, I mean, the good news is that uh, we're going to see more Mr. Hinks. And the bad news is that I guess we're going to see more Bruce Davidson. <laughs> I, shouldn't, it's, I shouldn't shit on Bruce. He's good. It's just... Played out. Uh, is that the puppy reference? I guess we got on Instagram. Was the puppy at the end of the episode? I believe so. Yes. Um, I was compelled by the kidnapping case. I wish uh, I thought that was really interesting, and the other stuff was was cool. Um, the resolution of the kidnapping case, though, though interesting, feels like a once again. I feel like we've just recycled a bunch of things we've done before. Mm-hmm. Like Bobby feeling this way, you know. It was good. I, you know, I, I feel like I liked my birthday portion of the show a little better than the show <laughs> part of the show this week. That might mm-hmm, just be mm-hmm. my inner self talking. Um, mm-hmm. But it was good. It was, uh, it was, performances are always great, you know, especially when you're bolstered by such great guest actors. So, you know, it's hard to, to fault the episode too much. I thought the writing was a little lazy. And, I think overall, I give it a seven and a half. 
Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I think it is, uh, especially in comparison with last week, where we had one singular focus and we're able to let it breathe and grow and develop naturally. This one feels a little overstuffed mm-hmm. to me in that like you have three major plot things happening all at the same time and all maybe deserve a little bit more air, a little bit more space because the action is so intense. It didn't always feel justified. Uh, That said, I think the performances are great. I think it's all three pieces are compelling. I found all three elements of the episode compelling. Um, It just felt a little overstuffed, like I said, like you are with with, uh, Cider Donuts right now. So uh, on the whole, I think I liked it more than you did. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.25. So, sure, why not? (laughs) So, guys, you have gotten through the out of practice 40th birthday explosion part two. We will now never have another 40th birthday party, but you can tell us how you thought about it on Out of Practice. But, oh my God. On Facebook <laughs> and Instagram at Out of Practice. I haven't had the donuts, okay? If I'd had donuts, <laughs> I would have recovered. It's all going to hell. Email us at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. Go to our blog at Out of Practice Podcast at blogspot.com. We are brought to you today by our generous sponsors. Jennifer Masanova, Leanne Wrights, Cloud Lover 69, and Jorge Novoa. If you for money, would Mike. like to if you'd like to join them, you know what? You can donate to the podcast. Uh, one of two ways, links in the show notes. You could just send me birthday money. Or if you can get your hands on a PlayStation 5, send it to me. I couldn't get one. <laughs> However, in all honesty, what I'd like to actually say is thank you to everyone who wrote in. Thank you for everyone who's just wishing me well. Um, may the rest of you. Enjoy 40 years of friendship and uh, and adventures like I have. I wish it for all of you. And the only present I haven't gotten yet, Keith, is some good old laser sounds. Laser sounds. Laser sounds to take out your personalized balloon. Very fancy. Mm, my wife loves me. Ooh, bye, take everybody. Take care, guys. See you next week.